It's NFL Week 11. The Giants are 7-2, and two, and you know what that means. It's time for another episode of the Blue Rush Preview. This week, it's the Giants-Lions, and I know everyone's thinking, it's just the Lions. They're 3-6, and six, but they're not a team that you're going to want to sleep on. In today's episode, we're talking to one-third of Earth, Wind, and Fire, former Giants running back and Super Bowl champ Derek Ward. We'll get to know our enemy with Lions reporter Danny Rogers, and of course, we have our predictions. But before we get to all that... Allow me to reintroduce the squad. New York Post Giants beat writer Paul Schwartz and two-time Super Bowl champ Lawrence Tynes are here to kick things off. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Before the show, we were talking about landing Taylor Swift tickets. So we got that out the way, gentlemen. Times you got the playoff beer going. I like where your mm-hmm. head's at. Well, listen, that's the only thing on my mind. And then when you have a, an opponent like this coming in the building, everyone, I hope, is taking them seriously because this team can score in bunches and they can chew kneecaps. So tough head coach, former giant, right, Paul? I covered Dan Campbell. And um, first of all, he had the biggest shoulders of any player I think I've ever covered. He had massive shoulders. He was a great looking tight end. Block first, keep his mouth shut. You know, I would never have thought, I'm not saying I never thought he would be an NFL head coach. He was quiet with the Giants. Um, don't forget, they had someone kind of with the name of Jeremy Shockey around that time as well. So Shockey was the the bark and the bite and and Campbell was the, you know, put your head down and block and, and catch a few passes here and there. But I never thought he was going to develop into this unbelievably great, you know, bite your kneecap, quote, tough guy, tough guy. Yes, but not not so animated with the media and things like that. Um, what do we say? You want your team to reflect your head coach, right? In a lot of ways. The lines reflect Dan Campbell. They're not good on defense, but they're a tough-ass team. And because of that is why you can't go into this game sleeping on the Detroit Lions. Again, I mentioned the record at 3-6, and six, but they've played a lot of teams tough. They're tied for first with four other teams in terms of scoring 30 points or more this season. It's a must-win game for both teams. Like, throw that hole. Everyone keeps talking about a trap game. There's no trap games in the NFL. A trap game is something for, for us, the media, in that sense. So when we're talking about the Giants having four divisional games in a row after this, how how important, like, what are we looking for within this game? What do the Giants need to show that they are or continue to be a, a for real team? Because no one thinks that this team is the rec- is their record, except if you're in-house. Yeah, and, and that's, that's they're going to have to change that narrative, right? Nationally, uh, locally, I think some people believe in them. I think the teams that have played in them believe in them. But nationally, the Giants have gotten no respect at 7-2, and two, one of the best records in pro football. So what I would say is, yes, certainly we don't want to use the dirty word. They should, right, in the NFL, should win this game. Um, again, it's it's become a – they have to win this game. As, as you mentioned, the schedule gets crazy hard after this week. You know, short week, four days later, they're going to go to Dallas and play on Thanksgiving. So, you know, two games in four days, it's a big challenge for this team. But certainly one they're up for. You know, listen, I believe in the coaching staff. I certainly know what Detroit presents in terms of difficulties. But at the end of the day, 
the Detroit Lions are the Detroit Lions. And, uh, you know, this team is just so emotional, too. You see the hard knocks. And Dan Campbell, their team cries. Why the hell are they crying after every win? Everyone gets a game ball. It's like Oprah. It's like, oh, my God, you get a game ball. Oh, the D coordinator who sucks. Let's give him a game ball. What are we doing? And then Dan Campbell's, like, tearing up every time they do something good. Put them out of their misery on Sunday and go win the damn game. But I, I just can't do all the crying. I played for Dick Vermeil. Is he Dick Vermeil 2.0? Well, you know, it, I, I know, I'm just kind of scratching my head. How is this a must game for the Lions? How is it a must win game for the Lions? You know, the Lions have. They're in that division. Games. They're in it. They're in it. They're, yep. in it. they're, they're nah, still in it. Nah. Paul, back to back wins. The first time they've had back to back wins in the Dan Campbell era. I mean, all that crying looks like it's starting to work right now, and the Giants got to put well, that. We're going to make them sleep. cry again on Sunday. <laughs> Here, here's the thing: is that both teams play four days later, right? On Thanksgiving, yeah. both teams do, which is very unusual in the NFL to have a Sunday game, and then both teams are playing, you know, that Thursday. So this is a great, this is a real big challenge to both coaching staffs. We care about the Giants' coaching staff. We'll talk about that one. That they've done a great job all year. Of this is the game we play. This is the game we're going to focus on. But it is hard not to think because the way the schedule goes, you guys know, you guys know the Thursday deal, right? As soon as this game ends, the Giants coaching staff is going to be working Sunday night. They've already started preliminary work on the Cowboys. Everything gets elevated. Everything gets crushed together. The team has to leave on Wednesday. There's really no practice on the field all week. So all that stuff is distractions that the coaching staff has to deal with. And they keep that away from the players for now. It's very hard to do. You don't think players know the schedule. They know they're going to be away on Thanksgiving. They know the Cowboys are coming up next. So they have this team right in front of them. Um, and, And this is the puncher, right? This is the heavyweight. Well, I wouldn't call the Lions a heavyweight, but this is a puncher, right? If you give up a lapse on defense against the Lions. They will not get a first down. They will score a touchdown, right? The Texans could not do that. If you make a mistake, Xavier McKinney's not there. If Dane Belton turns his head, it's not a first down. It's a touchdown. So they can drop a 30 on you, and that that is a challenge. And um, hopefully it has their attention because, you know, they can come in and score a bunch of points against the Giants. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Paul, because now I want to ask you, are the Giants starting to show cracks in the armor? Last week, I mean, we, we were talking about going up against Jared Goff this week, but last week, Davis Mills threw for over 300 yards. First time a, a quarterback has thrown for over 300 on the Giants this season. So are the cracks starting to show within not only this Giants defense, but just this team in general? No. No, and I think it, it was just the way the game was called late in the game the other day. A lot of those yards, they did 300 yards of offense in the second half alone last week against the Texans. But what I'll say about Detroit, and people need to certainly recognize this, Giants fans as well, Jared Goff is a Super Bowl quarterback. He is going to be probably be the best quarterback they've seen all year. I know we played Aaron Rodgers, but not not where he's playing at, not the level he's playing at. Jared Goff gets the ball out in under 2.2 seconds, which is second fastest in the NFL. He's rarely sacked. He's got guys all over the place, guys you wouldn't even know name-wise, like St. Brown and Reynolds and Raymond and Kennedy. I mean, Tom Kennedy sounds like a damn accountant. This guy is catching balls for yak. (laughs) He's from Bryant College. Does anyone ever came out of Bryant College? No, but Tom Kennedy had some big plays last week. I like Jared Goff. He gets a bad rap maybe because he got moved on from Sean McVay in L.A., but this guy can play, and the Giants are going to be tested. Now, when you ask the question about cracks, I don't think there's cracks. I just think 
the Giants are who they are. They they're gonna have to get home. And and Jared Goff is rarely sacked. 15 sacks on the year, guys. Although nine of them have occurred on the road in road games. So maybe there's a chance there, but he gets the ball out quick. He's a good quarterback. He's a really good quarterback. He had the 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 sin of not playing well in a Super Bowl, right? Against a great mm-hmm. defense. And, That's it. And and didn't score, you know, scored six points in in a Super Bowl game. He's the first pick in the draft, right? And and you know. Those two don't jive. Um, you can do a lot worse than, than Jared Goff. I agree with you. He throws a beautiful ball. Uh, you know, their offensive line is good. And and that brings us to, you talk about cracks. I don't think cracks per se, but Aziz Ojolari has not played virtually all season. And the guy on the other side, we're going to see two young edge rushers, right? The guy picked number two and the guy picked number five. You know, Kayvon Thibodeau's numbers compared to Hutchinson's numbers with the Lions are not close, okay? Not close there. And, and the Giants certainly think that they have a player that's comparable to Hutchinson. I don't say they had Kayvon Thibodeau rated ahead of Hutchinson because they didn't, but Hutchinson's got five and a half sacks. He's got a ton of quarterback hits. Um, he's got, I think, four tackles for loss. I don't think Kayvon has a tackle for loss yet this year. So he, need, you know, he's still a, sort of a work in progress against the run. Penny Sewell is a really good tackle. Uh, they have a good offensive line. Kayvon Thibodeau, this this is a high frustration type game for him because, as you said, it's not going to get a lot of sacks against Goff unless you can have him pump no. it once, at the ball once because he's getting the ball out. We said last week this would be a good coming out party for Kayvon Thibodeau. It was not. That's something they need. They, they need him to be a bigger playmaker than he has been. We talk about how strong the Lions offensive line is. Uh, Giants. Offensive line is getting back to full health. Paul, you saw some uh, guys out at practice yesterday. Um, kind of, how's Evan Neal looking? How's that Giants offensive line looking going into this matchup? Well, Evan Neal's not going to be ready yet. He just started practice. I don't think, you know, it, all along it was maybe for the Cowboys game. Now, that as we said, the Cowboys game is a short week. Are they going to throw him? Don't forget, he had his worst game of the season against Demarcus Lawrence and the Cowboys. So, you know, I don't know. That would sort of be a rush job right there. I think maybe after the Cowboys game, then you got 10 days off. This is something I've certainly never said during my tenure as a Blue Rush co-host, podcaster with Lawrence and now with you, Brandon. And I haven't seen it said it very much in almost 30 years of covering the Giants. The Giants have a lot of offensive linemen. They really do. They have a lot of offensive linemen. Right. Nick Gates is back. Matt Pert is back. Shane Lemieux is coming back. Those guys can play. You know, those guys are pretty good players. Uh, The offensive linemen they have now are playing okay. You know, they're playing pretty well. Um, You know, Josh Izudu, the rookie, is doing okay. He's a better run blocker than a pass blocker. So they have options now. They have guys they can put in, not just in jumbo packages. I would say uh, maybe, you know, this week, not a lot of big changes. Maybe for the Cowboys, not a lot of big changes. But after that, you know, this coaching staff has a little time to sit. They can put Lemieux in as a starter. They can put Gates in as a starter. You know, they can do a bunch of things. Neil should be back. Let the good times roll. There's depth on this offensive line, and we have not heard that in how many years. So it's safe to say that the problems that on offensive line is finally fixed. I forgot that quote from Dave Gettleman. Ah. I forgot that. You remember the he hog said mollies, that? Hog mollies, hog mollies. I mean, he, had yeah. all, he, he was a walking offensive line quote and never got anything done. Now, he does have to get some credit for some of the guys he has brought in, not all of them. But I, I certainly would like to see Evan Neal play in Dallas. I want to see that matchup again. And I know Evan Neal wants that game because, obviously, he had one of his worst games of his life, and he wants to show Demarcus Lawrence and the Cowboys that he's improved. And I would like to see us run the ball more because if you remember that game last time, uh, Daniel was running for his life. But uh, with the way the running game's going now, I'd love to see Evan Neal get downhill on Demarcus Lawrence's throat. That would be a lot of fun. 
That's going to be the rematch. And speaking of offensive lines, here's a guy that benefited from having a great offensive line when he was with the New York Giants. I spoke with the big homie, Super Bowl winning running back Derek Ward. Let's check it out. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The Giants are in the middle of making a playoff run, and we've been bringing in some of the former players to talk about the change in culture this season. So, you guys remember running back Derek Ward? He won the Super Bowl with the G-Men back in 2007, so let's bring him in. We're going to take a trip down memory lane and talk about what he's seeing from this team this season. D-Weezy, big bro, big bro, what's going on? Let's just jump straight into this because let's talk about this regime. A lot of Giants fans weren't rocking with some of the previous regimes. Joe Shane and Brian Dable have brought in a different energy and they bring it in wins. Is this a front office that you would have liked to play for? And what have you seen in the shift of culture in their first season? Yeah, I, I think they finally got it right. After years of going through different coaches, I think uh, Brian Dayball has brought uh, a sense of um, competitiveness with the Giants. Um, you, you didn't really get to see that the last four or five years with them. So uh, for them to be in the position that they are, I think they're uh, in second place in the NFC East. And, you know, they got that game coming up with the Eagles. I mean, uh, the sky's the limit for this team. They remind me – they remind me – of our uh, Super Bowl team, to be honest with you. Nobody gave us a chance that year. And, you know, we ran the tables and we were able to win the Super Bowl. So uh, hopefully they can continue the the good run that they're having and, you know, get to the playoffs. Because, you, as you know, once you get to the playoffs, anything's possible. Well, I, I got to give you some pushback when you say it reminds you of that 2017. All right, no one believed in that 2017. I get it. But the talent, there was a lot more talent on that 2017 than there was on this team right now. So I, I just throw a little pushback there. Yeah, there, there's a lot more talent back then, but these guys are talented too. They're young, okay. though. And, that, and that's the thing, um, to be 7-2 and two right now and, and, you know, going through all the trials and tribulations of a season. I mean, at the, at the midway point, to be at this record, nobody in America would have thought the Giants would have been 7-2. and two. And everybody knows once, once November comes, that's when you really start to get into a playoff groove and start to, to see what type of team you really have. So it's going to be really interesting the last couple of weeks of the season to see where they end up at. Yeah, it's a lot of Vegas bookies out there that's uh, upset with the Giants' success. Uh, let's talk yeah. about this a, a deep backfield. They're going up against the Lions. They're pretty much three deep in, uh, in their backfield. You've been part of a three-headed monster before. So kind of talk as a coordinator. If you're a defensive coordinator, how do you limit or how do you stop a, a, a running back rotation that's three deep? It's almost impossible if 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 the line is is in sync with the running back and the running backs are in sync with the offensive line. It's almost impossible to stop those guys. They're they're doing a, a a hell of a job in Detroit running the ball, alternating each running back. So to be able to to come up against a defense like the Giants, I mean, I've noticed that the Giants are a bend but not break type of defense. And if they continue to do what they're supposed to do, they should be able to stop them. All right, well, let's talk about the Giants running back. 2-6 is having himself a year. There's reports that Saquon and the Giants are talking long-term extension. 
You went through renegotiations with this team before. I know you and Saquon's uh, situations were kind of different, but what advice would you give him going forward for the rest of this season? I'll just tell him to enjoy this this uh, this ride that he's having. I mean, uh, as you know, I, I went through a lot of injuries when I was with the Giants as well. I had that great season back in 2007, 2008. For him to come back and, and prove all the doubters wrong, it just makes me happy because for some reason the NFL has bypassed running backs. I don't know why, but we, we do the most. We run the ball. We block. We catch. We do everything that we're asked to do, and we're still held to a, a lower standard than everybody else. So for him to be back and, and, and doing what he's supposed to be doing and, and now the number one rusher in the NFL, it, it just makes me happy to see that he's uh, back to Saquon. D. Ward headlining the Get Running Backs Paid Again campaign. But let's talk, <laughs> uh, Saquon's got 198 carries, 931 yards on the season. Do you feel as though at this point in the season he is being overused? I don't think so. I, I think he's, he's a young, dynamic running back. He can take it. As, as we've seen in the past, um, to be able to be the top rusher in the NFL and also have the receiving yards, it's just helping this team get to where they need to get. If he needs to carry the rock, if he needs to catch the ball, that's what he's going to do. And I don't think he, I don't think any, there's anything wrong with that. D-Weezy, appreciate that, big bro. I still can't believe. I was with the Dolphins that time, but I can't believe he and Brandon Jacobs both had over 1,000 yards rushing uh, in one season. Absolutely unreal. All right, appreciate you for coming on. Derek Ward, it's time to get into the key matchups because, I mean, this game is a lot more dangerous than people realize. Tynes, let's start with you. What are your key matchups? Well, I think because of the kind of defense we play and Wink Martindale's defense is blitz, it's high pressure, it's get after the quarterback. I mean, the ball comes out fast with this offense and, and, and Jared Goff. I mean, 2.2 seconds, guys. I think that's second best in the NFL, only behind Tom Brady and one other quarterback I can't think of, maybe Tua. So if we think about those guys, those guys are guys who don't get sacked. I'd like to see Wink maybe change up the plan here a little bit, guys. Show show some pressure, but not bring the pressure. Get your hands up. You're going to have to cover in the flats. I mean, certainly. So my my key matchup is going to be Swift and, and Williams, these running backs out of the backfield. They're going to have to maybe, you know, play good coverage, not let them get any yak because, like I said, you know, you throw the ball to the guys in the flats when there's pressure. I certainly would like to see the Giants – switch up their entire defense this week. They're going to have to. I don't think you can bring pressure all day long against Jared Goff. Well, that's interesting because that's not what Wink wants to do, but you may want to make the Lions run 12 plays in a possession. You're right. You may want to make them do that. Make them, you know, make them be patient because they're not the most patient team. The individual matchup I'm really looking forward to seeing is Frank Ragno, one of the best centers in the league against Dexter Lawrence, one of the best nose tackles in the league. Ragno is ranked fourth by pro football focus as a center. Dexter Lawrence is ranked number two by pro football focus uh, and graded out as a interior defender. Uh, he's ahead of Quinnen Williams and some guy named Donald, Aaron Donald from the Rams. Mm. Now, I'm not saying he's Aaron Donald, but we know, you know, we see him every right. week, guys. We see every snap he plays. Dexter Lawrence has played great. That is a huge matchup for the Giants. Push, you know, as we mentioned, you know, Kayvon and the edge rushers are not doing a great job, but Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are. If Dexter Lawrence can get off those blocks against that really good center and push Jared Goff back just a little bit, instead of two seconds, make it 2.8. Just give it a little extra time mm. to bother him a little bit. It's not easy. I get that. And then tackle. This will be probably the most important tackling game for the Giants because, as you said, Lawrence, they, he gets the ball out. 
there's going to be two, guys in space. Two really good tackling teams, Paul. Two two of the best tackling teams in football. I did study that. Both of these teams tackle very, very well. The, the Lions don't do a lot of good on defense. They may tackle, but they are uh, not good. They're in limited. A lot of they're certainly limited. I don't. Yeah. yeah, they're they're not very good on defense. Luckily, our sec our team is because it, when I'm talking about the matchup, let's go with I'm taking our secondary versus their receivers, their passing game. Because like you said, times if he is getting the ball out fast, that's rack opportunity right there and if you're not coming up making that tackle that's how these guys are that's why they have three receivers with over 20 catches 300 yards and when we're talking about this offense they have 42 plays of 20 yards or over the big play that's tied for fourth most in the NFL they like to push the ball down the field so if they're we're going to bring pressure we've got to get there otherwise he's back there holding otherwise you're asking a Giants defense that blitzes the most and plays the most cover one out of anybody else in the NFL you're asking those you're asking the secondary of Fabian Moreau and uh, Dory Jackson to hold up for a long time. So you're talking about a team that likes to push the ball down the field. You have to disrupt, be in his face so that the guys in the secondary can be there when the ball is there. So that tackling and, and then also, like you said, again, the ball coming out quick, you got to rally and make the you got to rally and make the tackle because this Lions defense. I mean, this Lions offense is, is it's a lot deadlier than what people think. People just think, oh, it's the Detroit Lions. They're coming in. They're not good. They got a rah-rah coach. No, this is an offense that can, uh, that can hurt us, that can sting us if we don't come up, rally, make tackles, and get pressure on the quarterback. But what, I know everyone talks about time of possession, time of possession. Is this, is, is this something that you guys are worried about as a, as a key factor in this game coming up on Sunday? Yeah, I would like to see the Giants hold on to the ball. And, and the way our offense works, that's something we can do. Keep the ball out of their hands. Let them get impatient. Let them, you know, try and take big shots when they do get the ball, which results in turnovers and golf holding on to the football. The Giants need to be careful, right? Two games in four days. You know, we'll see what happens with how many carries Saquon gets and, and Brita. But you're certainly going to have to methodically move the ball down the field against this team and control the clock. Take them out of it, right? The Detroit Lions are not very good on the road in terms of scoring. They only, you know, everyone talks about the average 30, 32 points. Well, they only average 15 points a game on the road, guys. And they've been shut out and scored six. So on the road, this is a different football team. The crowd needs to get into it, uh, get after them. But, you know, 15 points a game on the road doesn't scare me at all. Shouldn't scare anyone. But uh, like I said, zero against the Patriots and only six in Dallas. So, the Giants have that capability on defense to do to shut them down like that. Do you guys like all you can eat smorgasbords? You like that? You know, you get that. You, you get up there and it's like this. You sound like Kirk everywhere. Cousins asking if we like that. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and you know, you don't know where to start, right? Where do you start when you look at the Lions' defense? And if you're Mike Kafka, they're 32nd last in in a scoring defense. They're 32nd in yards per game. 31st in rushing yards per game and 32nd in third downs. Teams convert more than 50%. So it's, it's, you know, and, you know, Mike Kafka is not, you know, he doesn't want to go out there and say, oh, everyone knows we're going to hand the ball off to Saquon Barkley 35 times. That's not really Mike Kafka, even though they do that a lot. He's come out this season and thrown to start games. Remember, he's come out and thrown. So it's be very interesting to see how disciplined he is because you can attack so many different areas of this Lions defense. And I wouldn't be shocked if they came out throwing. Uh, it's going to be cold at MetLife Stadium, but it's not supposed to be any kind of, you know, bad conditions other than being cold. 
Um, the Lions are yeah. a dome team. The Giants are not. They might come out throwing a little bit, maybe throwing a Saquon more, maybe throwing a Breida more on some, you know, wheel routes and things. Um, it'd be interesting to see how much they trust this passing offense to do that. The more you throw, the more there's risk of turnovers, tip passes, things like that, sacks, sack fumbles. Yeah. I don't think they just want to say, okay, Last week was 35 carries for Saquon. This week will be 35 carries for Saquon. They want to get into that eventually. There's a lot there to exploit and attack. And, um, you know, I think they'll give us a little wrinkle here. I think they may throw a lot. Yeah, yeah. they have to be very conscious and very careful with Saquon Barkley because we play four days later. No way does Saquon see the ball 35 times. I'm sorry. You have, they're, you they're, have they're to In the back the of their mind that – yeah. No, no, no. I understand that. But I think Breida needs to touch the ball more. But at the same time, you, you're not going to – Saquon's not even seeing 25 touches this week. No way. They're thinking about Dallas. He's going to play twice in four days. There's no way. And that's part in of – that, that's one of our predictions. And I kind of asked Dan, uh, oh, Derek – you know, sure. and Derek Gore talked about it, that as well. I mean, we – you have to limit that. You know, if that's your bread and butter, you if that's your, your main horse, you have to limit the amount of, of races, I guess, that your main horse runs in. You know, you have to keep him fresh if we are talking playoffs. And when you're talking about time of possession for the Giants, they rank fourth in the NFL with just over 32 uh, minutes per game. But I want to score. This is a Lions team. You have to score against this Lions team again. They've put up 30 points four times this season, and they've shown that they can score. So if it, it could be a shootout come Sunday. So if we're going to do the time of possessions thing, it's cool, but we can't have Graham Gano being the special teams player of the week this week if we're going to do time of if we're going to go the time of possession route another thing the Giants have to do is limit mistakes Daniel Jones hasn't thrown uh, interception in what feels like forever but that doesn't have to be the mistake we're talking about blown coverages missed tackles Giants have to come in limiting mistakes going in when we're shooting this is Thursday I mean how do you coach that up how do you how do you, in the meeting rooms how do you kind of convey that message to this team Hey, we got to limit the amount of mistakes we make against a three and six football team. For me, it'd be very easy. I would just walk into the meeting room. I would show them the Vikings film. I'd show them the Dolphins film. I'd show them the Bears film where they just came back from 21. The Vikings had to score with 50 seconds left on the clock to beat this team. The Dolphins, they were up against the Dolphins all the way through most of the game. And then they were up 22-0 against Washington, who, oh, by the way, just beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And they ended up beating Washington. This team can win. They can score. So if you want to get your team's attention, I'm the head coach of the New York Giants. I'm showing them these four games. They should have beat the Vikings. The Vikings are considered one of the best teams in the NFC. That's the NFL in a nutshell, right? You lose games, you win games by inches, by seconds, by minutes. Bad play here, bad play there. The Giants, fortunately, outside of Seattle, have not played poorly or turned the ball over. So certainly, if they can continue to play the way they played at home, uh, they've averaged 24 points a game the last two home games. The Giants take care of business on Sunday, but certainly you respect the Lions. I don't think it's a hard-selling job. You know, I don't think Brian Dabolo has had a hard-selling job this year. As as Lawrence, you mentioned earlier in this podcast that, you know, it's not like the whole world is saying, oh, the Giants are on the for real. The Giants are for real. The Giants, you know, easy wins, easy wins. Um, I, I don't sense that with this team at all, guys. You know, I've I've covered teams where I could tell, you know, they're feeling themselves. They, they know they're good. And, and, you know, sometimes they win and every once in a while, 
Just because you lose a game, it doesn't mean you've overlooked the other team. It really doesn't. This team knows the formula. And and look, the guys on offense, a guy like Darius Slayton, he came up with a huge play last week, right? That catch and run for 54 yards was, you know, maybe the offensive play of the season for them. He's feeling great about himself. Saquon's feeling good about himself after four days of probably trying to get the soreness out of his body. So, you know, Daniel Jones knows he's playing well. He, You know, Daniel Jones admitted, I'm playing better. I'm a better player. But there's no way this offensive you know, unit is is going around thinking we've arrived. We're terrific. You know, they know what what they are right now, and the defense, which is playing well, also knows they're playing without some players, and and, and they have to you know have a a, a unit wide cohesiveness or else, you know, it doesn't work. You know, I don't think that's the issue with the Giants at all as far as, you know, Brian Dable saying, look, guys, the Lions are pretty good. They know what they are. They, they really do know what they are. They, the Giants know what they are, and they know what the opponent is. And uh, look, the selling job against the Texans was harder than the selling job this week. And there's a humbleness yeah. to that confidence as well. I mean, when, you, when you're talking about you've, you've seen teams that have had that ego or, or, or have had like a confidence I take the Philadelphia Eagles. I understand, you know, they're undefeated at the time, but every single touchdown was some sort of choreographed end zone celebration. And I feel like that's when teams have that overconfidence. That's when they think that, oh, no, we could we could kind of not detail our work going into certain games because we're just going to beat them with the talent that they have. Fast forward to uh, uh, last week when they lost to the to the Washington Commanders, you know, so that game kind of humbled the Eagles. And I don't think the Giants have, like you said, coming into this year, they didn't know what they were. They didn't know what this season was going to be. So any sort of success that they're having is more of a team success. Let's do it for each other. And that's what you kind of like about this team. There's no you don't see any egos. You don't see any overconfidence that's going on because, again, the Lions have weapons rather be on offense or defense so they're coming into this game knowing that they not have to have a perfect game but they have to do the things that they've done all throughout the season not turn the ball over tackle well uh uh, score points in, uh, in the second half and hold a team from not scoring points in the second half to win this game and I don't think Sunday uh changes Anything, any final thoughts before we jump into uh, Know Your Enemy? Any other matchups? Yeah, you know, as you, as I was studying this Detroit Lions team all week, Paul, if you look, they, this is a team ran by former players, starting mm-hmm. with Campbell, Hank Fraley, offensive line, Deuce Staley, Antoine randall These guys are playmakers, right? If you think about all those guys, uh, Mark Brunel, former quarterback, is a quarterback coach. Jared Goff is really good, and I hope people – you know, I hope he doesn't play that great on Sunday, but people need to understand he's what makes everything go. They do not have a ton of superstars on offense in terms of names or high draft picks. He is that good. He gets the ball to his playmakers. He gets to the ball to them in space, and they have a good plan. I mean, Dan Campbell spent a lot of years in, in New Orleans with a very, very good offense. So these guys kind of know how to spread the ball around, get the ball to the backs, right? What did Sean Payton and Drew Brees like to do? Get the ball to the backs, Kamara and these guys, and and, and let them make plays. That's what they're doing in Detroit with Swift and Williams. So we're going to have to be great tacklers in space. Get after this team. I, like I said, I don't think there's going to be a ton of sacks. So you're just going to have to play quality defense and frustrate them. You know, you made a great point about the Lions coaching staff being a bunch of former players. And uh, you mentioned Jared Goff. I got a chance to speak with Lions team reporter Danny Rogers, not only about Jared Goff, but the team in general and this week's Know Your Enemy. 
Everyone keeps calling this Giants-Lions game a trap game. It's the NFL, people. There's no such thing as a trap game. They're all must-wins. So let's bring in Danny Rogers, who's the team reporter for the Detroit Lions, because after this week's Know Your Enemy, I need all you Giants fans not to take the 3-6 and six Lions so lightly. Danny, thanks for joining us. I mean, there's no secret to stop the Giants. You have to stop Saquon Barkley. The Seahawks did it, and they held him to 62 total yards in the last Giants loss. So who's got to have a big day defensively, and how do the Lions neutralize 2-6? How do you take Saquon Barkley out of a game, practically, is what you're asking. And you can't do that unless he's essentially not playing. So whenever Barkley is in, he's going to be an impact player. I mean, Seahawks were able to pack the box, bring about nine defensive players in there, and that's what really helped that. With Saquon, you have to be able to match his quickness with quickness and then bring him down as soon as you make contact. So honestly, it's going to be an all-hands-on-deck rather with this Detroit Lions defense. However, I am looking for rookie linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez to step up. He's very quick. He's only a rookie, but he doesn't make a ton of mistakes, and he's able to bottle players up. That goes back to his wrestling days. Once he makes contact, he will do anything to get you to the ground, which is exactly what you're going to need against Barkley, uh, who is so difficult to bring down over 150 yards last game, and that's coming off of that 62 rushing yard game against the Seahawks. So Barkley has all of his confidence back in. Bring everyone. Everyone's got to come in. You know Barkley, if he gets a one-run yard, um, a two-yard run, an explosive run is soon to follow. He's just chips away at it. So Malcolm Rodriguez is who I'm looking at. And if you can get cornerback Jeff Okuda to come up into the second level, which he did against Dallas with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott and was able to uh, kind of neutralize those two guys, I think Lions have a pretty good shot here. All right. They neutralize uh, Zeke and Pollard. So if the Lions do stop 26 and force Daniel Jones to throw, Who wins the matchup between the Giants receivers and the Lions pass defense, which is ranked 27th in the league, and why? Lions pass defense is ranked 27th. However, they're not playing like they're ranked 27th right now. Really, it was a breakout game against Green Bay. Three interceptions they made Aaron Rodgers throw. He was so uncomfortable in that game. And all three of those interceptions coming in the end zone or really close to the goal line. So if you could make a veteran quarterback like Aaron Rodgers that uncomfortable and throw that many picks, I'm taking this line secondary all day. They're coming up with forced fumbles. They're recovering fumbles. Uh, last week, it didn't. the ball wasn't even able to get to the secondary there with Justin Fields, who we know doesn't throw the ball a lot. However, on fourth and eight, when it mattered most and Fields needed to get the ball up in the air and, and get it downfield to score a touchdown, the defensive front was all over Fields, and he wasn't even, even able to break that secondary. So um, right now, my money's on on the Detroit Lions secondary. It's led by rookie safety, Kirby Joseph, who's been playing out of his mind. Um, He was coming off concussion protocol last week, but still played um, a full game. So I think he'll be even better this week. And if Malcolm Rodriguez is healthy, he was out last week dealing with an arm injury. He has a brace up his entire right arm. It looks a little weird, but if you've got those two guys healthy, um, I'm taking the Lions D in this one. All right, this is defense that's going up against Daniel Jones, who's thrown 145 consecutive passes without an interception. So that's definitely something to look at uh, on Sunday. But let's Riverside it. Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale has the Giants deep blitzing and running man free more than any other teams around the league. So where and how do you see Jared Goff and the Lions offense taking advantage of such an aggressive defense? 
The Lions actually just saw this Martindale defense last season uh, playing against the Baltimore Ravens when uh, Martindale was there as defensive coordinator. So coming in here and quarterback Jared Goff alluded to it that they have seen this aggressive defense before um, going back to that Ravens game, which was a really close one uh, for the Detroit Lions. So coming up, you know, Jared Goff is going to have to get the ball off quick if those blitzes do make it to him. Um, and he's been finding really quick receivers like Amon Ra St. Brown, who's who's able to win his battle in those routes and get the ball in and get quarterback Jared Goff out of trouble. I think the run game is also going to be a big one in this one. If DeAndre Swift can really carry a bigger load than he has, we really haven't seen him be 100% since week three, but he and Jamal Williams have been really consistent backs and against any defensive front really here. So uh, Jared Goff getting the ball off quick and just simplifying the offense here in this one. The thing when you're going up against a, an aggressive defense, you don't want to try to outthink them and to try to just get ahead of, of what they're going to do next. You really have to simplify the offense and then just be patient, which this Detroit Lions offense was last week against Chicago, sustainable and really patient. Um, and then they were urgent when they needed to be as well. So um, they've seen this defense before. They have experience with it, and that should give them a lot of confidence. Oh, thanks for that one, Danny. And the way she broke that down, guys, I can see why Vegas has the Giants at, at minus three for this game. All right, it's time to get into those predictions and our extra point. We know how this thing goes. I'm going to set the uh, uh, prediction. We go over, under, and why. First one, Lions total points, 29.5. Let's see. So they've scored 30 points four times. Well, this question is, are they going to be a fifth time? That's high. Uh, As Lawrence mentioned, the Lions are not as good on the road as they are at home. So I will take under. um, I don't think it'll be a lot under. Uh, You know, I don't think it's going to be 20, but I'd say under um, 29.5. Yeah, I agree. Um, Different teams, but guys, Jared Goff has faced a Wink Martindale defense in 2019 and 2021. He scored 6-16. Six and 16. So he played them last year. If you guys all remember the Justin Tucker 66-yard field goal game, right? Yeah. We all remember yeah. that? Yeah. That was the game he faced Wink Martindale. Very, very close game, but no way. Uh, I don't think Jared Goff has a beat on what Wink's trying to do to him for some reason. So certainly under 29 and a half. And they only average 15 points a game. Uh, per game on the road. I got to be the weirdo on on this one, and I'm going to say over. But it's not a bad thing because I think this is the game where the Giants are going to have to show more than they're just one-dimensional on offense. I think the Giants' defense is going to have to contribute and score on defense, and maybe even special teams sets up 10 10 points uh, uh, for the Giants. But this is a game where they're going to have to throw and score points against a Lions team that could take them towards the end. I hope I'm wrong. All right, Detroit plays over 20 yards at 3.5. Yeah, you mentioned this, Brandon, earlier in the show that they they have, like, the most explosive plays in the NFL with 40-plus 20-yard plays. So certainly I think they can because the way the Giants blitz, they do have the tendency to give up big plays from time to time. Not Again, not a big deal tackling space but certainly i think they do actually have more than three and a half plays over 20 yards i agree with the esteemed kicker um four plays of over 20 to win this bet yeah i can definitely see it you know the the tight end can catch it they can throw it out of the backfield the receivers can do it um goff's got a big arm so yeah i and and i agree with lawrence where do those plays come and what do you do after those plays are more important than actually giving those plays up definitely 
I agree. I'm going to go over on this one as well. Yeah, it's, it's going to come. That's just their offense. But I agree with you on that, Paul. They may not score. They may not get seven points or six out of those explosive plays on that drive. The Giants defense have shown that they can get a takeaway in the red zone and that they can hold teams to only three points. Detroit, sacks allowed, 1.5. I'll say over. I mean, two is not a lot. Now, we say, you know, uh, Goff does not get sacked a lot, but that's not too much to ask. They'll get one sack on a blitz, okay? They'll get one sack, just somebody coming free on a blitz that surprises somebody. That's one. And now I'm uh, hitching my wagon to Leonard Williams and uh, Dexter Lawrence and maybe Kayvon Thibodeau, maybe, maybe Jihad Ward, maybe somebody else we don't know. Um, yeah, I think they can get two sacks in this game, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to have to disagree with Paul just for the hell of it because I just don't think they're going to get home. They haven't gotten home as much as we thought they would this season. And if anyone gets a sack, it's probably going to be Dexter. But until Kayvon and, and these edge guys get going, I'm going to say under. You know, he gets rid of the ball quickly. I'm just mad at the D-line right now, actually, because they have not produced. They have not produced. Kayvon, get your butt going. Let's go. This is the wake-up call. I'm going to say over on this one. Dexter Lawrence has been playing so well. We haven't talked about Leonard Williams. Last game, he had a bunch of pressures, and he had a bunch of tackles, and I think he had a sack last week as well. I think he gets one. I think Kayvon, just because times just called him, called him in, not called him out, called him in, you know, I think Kayvon gets that because I think the last time we did that, he had the Ravens game where he had that huge sack fumble at the end. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty – I think I'm sure. Moving on. <laughs> Giants total points, 26.5. Tines, go. Oh, man, this is a tough one. I, I You know, listen, we've scored 24 points the last couple home games, which is nice. It's a nice number for this team. It feels like a million for any Giants fan who's been around the last five years. I just don't think they're going to need that many points to beat them. I don't think they need over 26 and a half. Control the football, run the ball, hit some passes when needed. Uh, get a couple turnovers. So, no, I don't think they score over 26 and a half. I'm going to give them 27. And last time I checked, that's over 26 and a half. Yeah, I think maybe the defense sets up a touchdown. And we can say all we want about Saquon. I know we, you know, he's he's coming up next here. You know, Saquon, as far as how many touches, we have to be careful. You know, Lawrence, the kicker, wants to put him in bubble wrap. wrap my God, we have to I unwrap do. him on Thanksgiving like a butterball turkey. We can't touch him. You got to win the game in front of you. Um, I'm not saying he's going to get 40 touches, but Saquon left, Saquon right, Saquon up the middle. Um, so, yes, I will. Um, Saquon's going to have a long run. We talked about the Lions and their big plays. Saquon will have a long run. They'll get they'll get 27 points in this game. I'm going to say over because I think Giants going to score over 30 points. So let's get to the Saquon total touches. 39.5. Raise your hand if you want to go first. Going back to school. I'll go first. Well, Paul, you want to go first? You want to bubble wrap them in your no, bubble go ahead. turkey reference? Go ahead. You have two Super My Bowl rings. God. Go ahead. You go first. Go ahead. I do, so I will take this one. You yeah. got to take care of the of the money back. You cannot run him 39 carries. My God, he'd go to Dallas in an ambulance. Uh, touches. Yeah, touches, this, touches. Touches. I don't care. Touches, smutches. Who cares? 20 or less. Keep them fresh. We got to go beat Dallas. I don't care about the Lions. We should be able to beat them if Breida gets the bulk of the carries. This is taking candy from a baby. It's touches. It's not carries. I say under. That's a lot of 39 touches. and a half. It is. I say under, but it's going to be over 20. You know, you said uh, 20 or less. It's going to be over 20. You know, I could see um, 21 rushing attempts and four passes, uh, you know, something like that. 
Um, but 39 and a half is a lot. I mean, you know, after last week with the 35, that's a tough, you know, Derrick Henry is the only guy who really handles that kind of load, really. So I'd say under 39 and a half, but I still say we don't have to make him a China doll like the uh, Lawrence wants to make. We're talking about a running back that leads the team in rushing yards and catches. I'm going to say over on this one. It's going to be a shootout. You're going to need to get 26 the ball. And I, I, I don't want him to touch the ball over 40 times, but we just haven't seen Breida implement it into this offense like that. Like the guy's not touching the ball at at all. Sometimes they'll get three carries. Sometimes they'll get less than five touches each game throughout this uh, the course of the season. It all goes through 2-6. Uh, New York Giants completions over 20 yards. I keep throwing this one in there. They had one last week. One, we're putting at 1.5. They need two this week. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, right? This is the, I think, the second or third time we played a very poor passing defense, but this is the worst by far, guys. Like, watch the film. They try hard, but they're not very good. Slayton's got playing with a lot of confidence. So my two guys who I like here are Hodgins and Slayton. I think Slayton gets one, and I like Hodgins uh, to get one, you know, up the seam. It looks like that's where he likes to work. 6'4", okay speed, but big target. So I'm going to say over here. I think Brandon London gets one in this game as well. I really Ooh, do. Um, let's go. Yeah. Let's go yeah. Um, I think one of the running backs gets one on a screen, you know, or something like that. I I, I think they do, you know. I think um, – um, you look, hey, with this offense, you never know. He might have Gary Brightwell in the backfield at some point. Um, right, yeah. I think it's over. I think it's over. I'm not thinking it's way over, but that's a modest yeah. number that Brandon set, 1.5. Uh, it better be over, put it that way. But you said one of the running backs is going to get one, so who gets the second one then, Paul? Oh, I, I, it's, it could be anybody. I mean, okay. 20 yards is not that much. It could be Slayton. It could be uh, – probably can't be Marcus Johnson. Um uh, hey, maybe Lawrence Cager gets one. You know, he's a converted yeah. receiver. You know, he he he. You know, he he can run. Are you just you know? going to name everyone on the roster, Paul, that could possibly catch a football? Or are you going to pick one? Hey, um, um, Nick Gates reporting in as eligible. Maybe he Nick gets Gates. One. There we go. That. Okay, give it All to right. the big man. I, I, I know the roster. Yeah. Andrew Thomas did score a touchdown last year on a, on, a, on a throw. Yeah, I'm going to go over on this one. They both go to Isaiah Hodgins. We've been talking about how the Marcus Johnson, like he, he came out, he had his plays, and now he's kind of fizzled a little. I think this is Isaiah Hodgins. It, this, it's, it's set up perfectly for him to come in and make two big catches, two big plays against the Lions to really submit himself as a starter on this team. All right, it's time for extra point. Who's going to go first on this one? Um, can I go Little first kicker. here? Because you should, you should, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. go to the kicker. kicker. Go to the guy who has no name, who's just kicker. That's who he is. Um, kicker. I have the something to admit kicker. to all my Giants fans and Giants faithful out there. I am a undercover Detroit Lions fan. Um, I grew up as a Lions fan. My dad is from Flint, Michigan. Barry Sanders, Wayne Font, Scott Mitchell, Herman Moore, Spielman. Just throwing that out there. I am a Giants fan, but this is my second favorite team, the Honolulu Blue. Uh, Barry Sanders was my favorite player. I'm going to go, obviously, with the Giants here. I just think this is a game, and I don't think it's as close as some people may think it may be. They're going to go out here and dominate. They know what's at stake. This is not the Portsmouth Spartans coming in. You know, that's the former name of the old Detroit Lions. They moved from Ohio. Portsmouth Spartans, how cool is that, right? A little history lesson here on the Blue Rush podcast. The Lions actually lead the overall series 24-21-2 which is shocking, to be honest. Uh, so I take the Giants here 25 to 16. I like it how both Lawrence and Brandon call them the Detroit Lions. My father calls them the Detroit Lions. I call them the Detroit Lions. You put the accent on the first syllable, which is, <laughs> it's not, it's certainly acceptable, but the Detroit Lions, it's kind of old school. The America has been, has been uh, inflicted by the Detroit Lions 
every year on Thanksgiving. We'll see him again on Thanksgiving. It's a rough watch. Um, they're usually a rough watch, but I think this team is is, is playing better. Um, I can see an upset here. You know, I can see the Giants being upset here. Um, everyone's saying it's going to be eight and two going into the Cowboys. They've avoided that uh, that big upset. You know, the games they've lost. You know, were, were games that you kind of said, okay, you know, those are quote unquote acceptable losses. I just see something brewing here. I don't know why. Um, I could be wrong. I probably will be wrong, but I'm going to take the Lions in kind of a, a sloppy, turnover filled, um, maybe not as high scoring, something like um, 28, 27, 28, something, something. I could see something bad going down and, and, and them losing and everyone being very frustrated going into the Dallas game and people not giving the Dallas Cow- Giants a chance in Dallas and then them playing well in Dallas. So that's getting ahead of ourselves. I just sense something maybe not great brewing here. Man. Hmm. Talk about downer. That just let me down right <laughs> no there. No kidding. I don't, and, I, and 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 it, the French word for detroit, detroit. I spent a little time in okay. Mont- Montreal. It means straight. It means straight. That's uh, that's a French word right there. But yeah, I got the Giants taking this one. They have to. They, it's a must-win game. They have to win this game, especially with four divisional games uh, coming up back to back to back to back. All right. I want to thank everyone for watching and listening to this episode of the Blue Rush Podcast, our New York Giants show. Please subscribe to Blue Rush on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you all get your podcasts. Make sure you follow New York Post Sports and SNY's YouTube channels for all of our Blue Rush videos. And new episodes of the show drop Monday morning following Giants games and Thursdays, previewing the week ahead for Paul Schwartz and Lawrence Tynes. I'm Brandon London, and we're going to catch you all on another episode of Blue Rush.